Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Move Podcast, brought to you each and every day by Ketone IQ from HVMN. Talking about stage two, Alain. Stage two, Vitoria Gasteis to Saint Sebastian. Vitoria Gasteis to Saint Sebastian. That's right. And an unbelievable stage win uh, from Victor Lefay, who, who really wasn't a surprise. Uh, rode incredibly well yesterday, and and if if you believe what you see on Strava, actually set the KOM up that that really difficult final climb yesterday. The other thing uh, that's important to note: first stage win for Cofidis in the Tour de France since 2008. Now I, I was on Cofidis just as a reminder, going back, golly gee, 1996. I was on Cofidis. I think that was their first year. They've been in the sport that long, and a weight 50, a French team. 15-year drought, and, and obviously, you know, obviously their Super Bowl. Yeah, you got to hand it to the uh, the, uh, the company of Cofidis for sticking around the sport for that long, being patient, and uh, today pulling off one of the biggest wins, um, their biggest win in a long time. And smart. I thought, I thought he was, I thought Victor LeFay played it perfectly. I, I, I had a feeling yesterday that little riser with 3K to go was, that's the moment where if you had a group of 20, like they did, that you could sneak away. He got over that and then he, he rode exceptional and, 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 and outfoxed Jumbo Visma and Wout Van Aert. Yeah. I think when we were ready, I'd like to break down, I think what happened in those final three kilometers, once you're done doing a little business, got but, a little uh, business. saw a couple of things I wanted to point out. Today's show brought to you by Element. Folks, you hear us talk about it all the time. Uh, it's summertime. It's time to sweat. It's time to get outside. And it's also time to replace all the stuff uh, that you are sweating. Element is the real deal. A thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, no sugar, no gluten, no artificial ingredients, absolutely no BS. It is the real deal. And best of all, if you don't like it, eh, just give it to a friend. An element will refund you. Right? So there's, there's no harm in this. Free gift with purchase. Our listeners can get a free element sample pack with any order when you head on over to drinklm. These are the letters, drinklmnt.com slash the move. You're going to get that free sample pack. Try it out. Figure out what flavor you like. Uh, and again, if you don't like it, give it to a friend and we all good. Again, drinklmnt.com slash the move. Also today brought to you by Caldera Lab. First impressions matter, right? Look at George. Look at this guy. He's, he's reverse aging. There are no two ways around it. And what's the first thing that someone notices about you, right? In most cases, let's be honest, it's your face. And more importantly, it's your skin, if you aren't already, it's time to put your best face forward. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen, right? The regimen leads off uh, the arsenal there. You've got uh, the, the, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. You've been just tripling up on this, I know, oh, George. Oh, man, I got, it, I, got it, I got it stashed away in my bag. I even love this product I saw so you, much. I, I saw you lathering that, some Look at this. I, got, I keep the soap in my bag as well. <laughs> Soap's amazing. Everything you, they make is so You really are a diva. <laughs> uh, they even have this, the, the deal for the eyes, right? It's called the Icon. All right, it addresses three, the three most common skin concerns around the eye. Fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. Hmm. We don't know. I've never experienced any of that. Not in the last four weeks, at least. Hey, I started using their you, and their, I, their eye stuff before we, they became on as a partner because I have puffy that puffy look. Lady boners all around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! 
We might edit that out. Anyways, get 20% off with our code, the move. That's all. That's what JB's wife says. I just taught him that phrase. I know. And I just, I have stolen it and I say it every day. Anyways, 20% off with our code, the move at calderalab.com. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com. That's calderalab.com. Gets you 20% off with the code, the move. Hey, I've got something related to Cofidis that just stick with me here because we talk quite often about how, you know, these cyclists, especially today, just have pencil arms, right? Mm -hmm. So back in 96, when I first met you and you started LAF, our mutual friend college who was running the foundation, handed me, gave me one of your Cofidis jerseys and it fit, except you would cut the sleeves. Mm. Your arms were so big, you would have the sleeves completely cut. Not cut off, right, but like right. underneath. No, I, wasn't, I wasn't going chippo on it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just a little, yeah, yeah. It shows you how much the sport has changed. Right? I mean, back then, you didn't really care if you had if your jersey was flapping or if you if you if you customized the sleeves, but yeah. And now I, mean, I think I'm back to having to do that all this gym time. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. Do you still have it? That'd be a good. Um, I might, I might somewhere in a in a tub or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, it, it really, really great ride on a classic, um, a classic course, obviously classic, uh, classical San Sebastian has been around for a long, long time. It's a beautiful race. Typically, uh, just after the tour, uh, we saw a long breakaway w- with, uh, Nielsen palace who actually won the race two years ago. So he probably felt like he was on uh, home turf. We'll get into this in a second. Um, just, just sort of how the race unfolded. Uh, UAE's tactics, which I think a lot of people, um, or at least on our side, were questioning, you know, why keep it close? Why keep it just there two minutes when you know that it's going to come back? Or just give the jersey away. I think that's, I know, um, I know Johan, that was top of mind for him. Um, but be- beautiful stage, beautiful stage. Yeah, it's, it's in the in the World Cup, uh, the Classic of San Sebastian, in a, in a similar situation we'd have 40 50 guys at the end so this is just sort of a, a testament of how hard this tour de france has been thus far two stages in and it was only 25 guys in the first group and the classica is is a lot harder too we have some steep climbs now uh, before the Yaskabel and after um so these guys have been going and uae and jumbo have been basically in a bo- boxing match using the best guys their best guys laporte um you're seeing guys like Soler, one of the best climbers in the world, having a having a position Pogachar on the flats before the Escapel. There's a lot of stuff going on where you kind of scratch your head, going, "Why are they going so hard right now?" I, it's I, like I, they didn't get the memo. This is a three week tour, three, which you guys are always tour. reminding them. Really. The leaders of the of, of their teams, Pogachar and, and uh, Vindigo, are, are great bike handlers. I mean, they don't have to have their whole team at the front pulling full gas all the time. Yeah, certain sections when it's twisty, windy, big climbs coming, of course, but. They're doing it the whole day. We All haven't right. really seen that. I just looked up Wout Van Aert's uh, Strava file from today. Um, and, and just as for context, and if you, for you all who sit at home and nerd out on Strava and, and go out and ride it, you probably look at distance or maybe you compare yourselves on some climbs. I always go out, especially here in Aspen, uh, I just kind of base it off uh, vertical feet climb. Like if, if I, on a regular day, if I can ride for a couple hours and climb 3,000 feet, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm gonna have some dessert. I feel like I earned something. We, we talked about yesterday in stage one of the Tour de France, they climbed 11,000 feet, unheard of. And today we're talking about this. You know, we, we didn't even talk about the vert. 9,600 feet of vertical today. Yeah. So this, this, is, this, this one's going to come back and, and, and bite some people. 
I think. I mean, that, that that's it's twenty twenty thousand feet in two days. A lot and those harder the first starts of the Tour de France, but. What are, we, what are we missing, which we've seen every other year since we started doing this, is all these crashes. You know, the finals have been crazy, which hopefully it doesn't happen tomorrow. But the, the difficultness of these first two stages has actually made it a lot safer. Yeah. With a, this start a, hard of a start, does that set a stage, although not likely, that we could see uh, Pogacar or Vinga go crack? I mean, they are burning a lot of matches, both of them, head to head. Well, yeah, I, I like I like Jonas's uh, attitude right now. He's he's, he's he's been he's had the opportunity to to break away and put times on other rivals, but every time Pogacara flicks the elbow for a pull through, he just shakes his head and goes, "I got no reason to go right now." Which, which I think indicates the confidence he has in himself and his team that he doesn't need those extra 10, 15 seconds on guys that may be on the podium. He wants to be with his team. He's happy with his position he's in right now, and he's not showing all of his cards, which I like. And he has the built-in excuse of having Wout Van Aert uh, just behind, uh, which, by the way, Pogacar also had the built-in excuse of having his teammate, who has the yellow jersey right behind, but the kid can't help himself, and I'm, that's not a critique. you yeah. got to love it. I mean, the, 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 you, st- you stick the numbers on his back, yeah, no, and but, he, he's, a, he's a horse. He wants to race. And I wonder, Johan sent the message, like, why wouldn't these guys let the, the yellow jersey go? And the only thing I would guess is that they want to show Adam Yates some love. They want to give him the yellow jersey for as many days as he can. Um, so they can. So when they come to the high mountains, Adam Yates is going to go all in again for mm-hmm. Pogachar and, and do everything he can for him. And it sounds like it's working out. You see him in the interviews, how he's, he's saying he's having a great tour, but he's only there for Pogachar. And, um, and you know what? We've seen it before where the best teams in the world will have two guys on the podium. So this is certainly a possibility in this scenario as well. It, it, speaking of, because we, we obviously talked a lot about uh, the Yates brothers yesterday, and, and um, I was very proud of myself for getting um, their, the mom and dad's name, gave them the boomstick yesterday. Uh, I've now dug up a photo of, of, of Adam and Simon's. They're here, look at this. This is, uh, this, this is mom and dad here. That's got so the, cool. Got the sign up on on. You know something. Um, <laughs> it looks like it used to be an old furnace, actually. If you look at that, um, but 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 mom and dad are driving the whole tour in a car- in a camper van. That's amazing. And, and you know they'll pull over, hang up the sign, um, and then uh, the other cool slides we pulled up. Of course, yesterday we were like, has a has a has a brother, uh, you know, brother brother tandem ever been first and second in the Tour de France? We sort of thought maybe the selects. Well, you know, we went to Mr. Propeller Head ourselves. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, and looky here. Um, Spencer Martin went back. I mean, I don't know. 1923. I, I, I wasn't thinking about tours 100 years ago. Wow. Uh, but let's go back to 1923, stage three. Henry Pellissier and Francis Pellissier. Well, looky there. They got first and second on and, stage and, three. And, 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 and go, go back for one second. They got second. The stage was 405 kilometers long, 15 hours long. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. my A little different than what we're doing now, but yeah, 405 kilometers wow. long. Wow. Now, Spencer, if you're listening, this is cool that you pulled all this up. And, and of course, Pro Cycling Stats doesn't, I can't believe they have results from 1923. But Spencer, while you're at it, just see if you can pull up their Strava files too from back then. <laughs> so look, the brothers get, this is actually amazing. In 1923, to your point, George, 405K on stage three. Stage 11, 260K. Well, some hard men. Henry, and look here. They did it go, again. Go, I'm sorry. Go back to stage three. Now, what kind of brotherly love is this? Henry wins that one. Francis gets second. Uh-huh. We go to stage 11. Wouldn't you think Henry would sit up <laughs> and let Francis maybe get a stage they, win? They no. finished together, same they, time. And, and, and they know, were eight minutes, eight and a half minutes ahead. Yeah, yeah sorry, bro. <laughs> 
go ahead and get in the back. And then we had to go all the way to 2011. And this is what we were sort of speculating yesterday. Andy and Frank Schleck, uh, first and second, not together. Uh, but that's it, right? There's only been uh, four of those. So wow. the Yates brothers, they're, you know, they're looking good. They're, and they're good riders. This isn't a surprise. Yeah. They're, they're real. They're looking good. They, you know, the Simon's team was controlling as well on the Yaskabel today. Uh, clearly, he wanted to get that bonus uh, sprint, uh, which ended up getting, I think, third um, behind uh, Pogachar and uh, Vindigo. But they're riding incredible. I yeah. Mean, shout really, out really to good. yeah. Shout out to Lawson Craddock who was yeah. setting some. And when Lawson was on the front, uh, of course, a, a Texas boy, JB. Um, and for those who listened for a few years, had the awful crash a couple years ago and hung in there. Kid's tough. Uh, as he's on the front uh, riding, uh, one of one of I think everybody's favorites, Matthew Vanderpool was going out the back. Yeah, I lost a little little paper on that bet. Wasn't expecting mm. Vanderpool to get dropped so early. He was looking great, good yesterday. Not not an amazing Vanderpool, but we were all I think surprised to see him get dropped so early today. Should we start? I think I feel like we should maybe do a GoFundMe for George because that's. <laughs> I that's, know. That's the first two days. I'm down. I'm down. But we'll, uh, we'll get, we, got, you, we got time. What do you guys think? Pogachar seems very aware of the time bonuses. He's grabbing them where Jonas is not. It's well, Jonas is trying. Down to that. But Pogacar is fast. I mean, he almost, like Lance pointed out yesterday, he almost uh, came around Van Art uh, today in the sprint, which I think we should break down once you're ready, Lance, to, uh, to break down those final three kilometers. I think some, a couple of interesting things happened that we should point out. I mean, Spencer brought this up on the preview show that that he thinks you know uh, these guys are so good in the mountains that that they're potentially going to be neutralized and time bonuses are going to matter. I mean, it it doesn't sound like a lot, but Pogachar's got 11 seconds already on Vingegaard. Um, to, but to Spencer's point, it and and if you see here too, once we leave the Basque Country, you dip into France, the Pyrenees are really. I think pretty uh, pretty tame, for lack of a better word. Um, and Pogachar is trying as, as he always does. I mean, he's always and he's fast, right? He doesn't have to try that hard to come around guys at the top of a climb like the high ski belt. He's gonna win the sprint. Yeah. Um, I mean, eleven seconds is eleven seconds. I know it sounds like nothing, but this could be one of these things. In two and a half weeks, we're sitting here going, "Holy shit, where do you get those seconds?" Well, there they are. For sure. But we have, you know, uh, Vindigo went for the sprint today. And then, like we mentioned earlier, he sat up. He didn't want to keep going like Pogachar did, um, which hopefully, not hopefully, it could indicate that he has confidence that he'll be able to ride away from him on the steeper stuff and later of course, on he, the tour. Was there just one time bonus or was there? Was today there was one. On the, on the top. I don't know if that's, uh, we should know those things. But. A couple of things that uh, Pal- uh, Palace pointed out in his interview. I mean, he was alone. He dropped Boston Hagen and uh, um, Cavagna. Had to go out alone on, on the on the flats leading up to the Yaskabel. And he said something super interesting as he's going up. He said, I was only r- able to ride threshold. I mean, think about this. When you're in a really hard training ride and you're running on fumes, you can't do threshold anymore. So this is like a th- his worst case scenario is that he was only able to ride threshold. <laughs> that's, well, that's how... Um, how calculated these guys' efforts are these days. They I mean, know they the know numbers. exactly how far, how hard they can go and how far they can go. But the fact that he's still able to ride threshold, his numbers on the Yaskabel after being away solo for so long, being away with two other guys six miles into the longest stage of the Tour de France, incredibly impressive. I mean, this kid is having an amazing start to the Tour de France. And by, and, the, way, and by the way, keeps the polka dot jersey. And he has some free reign because uh, after we finished oh, yeah. the show yesterday, Carapaz went home with a fractured kneecap. So And and not not only this, but nobody's pointing this out. He's changed. He's changed. He's right in front of our eyes. 
changing this man's attitude towards the polka dots jersey. Look at this. We have not heard any because hate he can actually towards climb, the polka right? dots jersey thus far, which is <laughs> I, incredibly I, I, amazing. You're not, you're not a mind reader. I, in fact, it hasn't changed my mind. <clears throat> but I'm but I'm glad that he's still in it. I it, I was I, I checked just now because you know uh, uh, you have to imagine that there were quite a lot of points available on top of the high ski bell, um, which he he got caught about halfway up. But no, he, he looks. You know, if you if you believe what you read here on the internet, he's still in it. And I'm not. I don't want to talk about that. But I'm I'm I think Nielsen Powell is a badass bike rider. Yes, I don't really care about the polka dot jersey, but I think he's. I think he's a tough kid. And in his interviews, he's 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 stating that it's a goal of his for the Tour de France. So we're going to see him to win it and keep it to win it. All right. Well, that might change. That might start to change my mind. All right. Good. (laughs) For real. Uh. Today's show also brought to you by Roka. All right. Check this out. Roka has invented a completely new class of eyewear: glasses optimized for performance. No other eyewear brand can keep up with these guys. That's a fact. That's all we wear, whether it's on the bike, off the bike, readers, all of it. Uh, the prescription glasses have the exact same technology as their performance glasses. Uh, I never thought I'd work out in a pair of glasses, um, but, but you can see that I do. Uh, unbelievably lightweight. You, you'll literally forget that you're wearing them. They are the best optics on the market. And here's the thing. They also never slip no matter how sweaty you get, which, of course, I sweat like a pig, so I can relate to that. Um, not only is Roka working with cyclists, as we see uh, in the professional scene, they're also working with Navy SEALs, Olympic gold medalists, Green Berets, world champions, and a bunch of other sports. They are hand-built to order in our hometown of Austin, Texas. The Move listeners get 20% off. Just go to Roka, that's R-O-K-A dot com. That's Roka.com. Enter the code THEMOVE for 20% off. <clears throat> George, you bring those gold ones here, down here? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be rocking them today on our mountain bike ride. This guy, look at the chain out, the gold chain, the gold glasses, the, eye, see, the was, eyes, busted out no today lines on the, on the eyes. Uh, also today brought to you by HVMN. They are the title sponsor of, uh, of all three weeks here of the Tour de France for us with Ketone IQ. Uh, we often hear about fasting and exercise and how they're good for the brain. HVMN launched the world's first drinkable ketone in 2017. Ketone IQ is their latest innovation on ketones, with improved effectiveness, taste, and cost, Ketone IQ delivers clean fuel that can cross the blood-brain barrier, supplying your brain and body sustained energy, mental focus, and sharpness, putting you in flow, lasting for hours. Uh, Ketone IQ is also now available at all Sprouts throughout the U.S. You can save 30% off your first subscription order of Ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash themove. Again, visit hvmn.com slash the move and subscribe. That gets you 30% off. Also today, AG1, this is another really daily go-to. It's funny, all these things are like daily things for us. This is no shit. Like this is real day stuff, right? You start the day with AG1, you end the day with Caldera Labs, you do your ride with Element. This is, that's amazing. I love when it works out like that. Anyways, AG1 is the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I I do literally drink it every day, not just when I'm at home. I got my big tub, uh, but they they have these travel packs, which actually are sitting right here, that you can take on the road. And you just dump it in a water bottle or or whatever you bring with you and start your day off right. 75 high-quality ingredients that give me daily nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. I also like to check this out, George. And I know you. I know you, and I know you're going to like this. 
It's also all for less than three bucks a day. I mean, take control of your health for less than $3 a day, George. I love it. It's a game changer. Uh, it's a comprehensive solution. Uh, this comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine. Go ahead and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash the move. One more time. That's drinkag1.com slash the move. Check it out. Take control of your health. Um, I think it's interesting when we do a tour coverage and all of a sudden a name we weren't talking about three months ago is in the regular dialogue. And uh, now it's, it's Mateus Skilmos. Mm. I hope I'm saying it right, but 22 years old and is in the conversation all the time. Of course, after winning tour of Luxembourg and tour to Swiss this year, or tour of Luxembourg last year, tour to Swiss this year. Now he's in the mix all the time. And, and he really came on my radar. Uh, he got second in flesh alone. And I, and that was really the first time I was like, and it's one of those names that pops over. You're like, you know, exactly. it's like, it was like Jones gets second in the flesh roll. And you're like, all right, so cool. Um, but Skelmos, like it stuck out. You're like, I've never seen that name. That's, that looks weird. That name. Um, no offense to the Skelmos family, <laughs> but, but it was the first time I noticed him, but he was also ninth in Liege, Boston Liege. If you look at the arc of his season and I'm just sitting here looking at how the season has went, it's, it's, it's a pretty classic run up. Like if I think back to my run of the tours, I knew that I always had to start. I didn't really care about all this stuff in January, February, March, but come April, right? Whether it's Liege, Amstel Gold, Flesh Rallone, uh, you, you want, and then obviously into either Dauphiné or Tour Switzerland. I wanted, I had to, I knew I had to start being at the front of the peloton or the front of the race in the action, you know, certainly no later than Amstel Gold race. So here's that. I mean, he was eighth in Amstel Gold. He was ninth in Liège, best in Liège. He was second in Flesh Rallone. He won the Tour of Switzerland. I know Spencer talked about him being young and perhaps, you know, might be running out of fuel for a three-week race. Mm -hmm. I don't know. By the way, all these guys are young. Yeah. And he's there. I, I, if, if, if one of these consistent themes of ours is, you know, who's, if we're going to talk all, all, day, long, all day long about Vingegaard and Pogachar, who's number three, boy, I feel like he's got to start trickling to the top. He's looking good, and, and I think he's had kind of a classic run-up. And he's riding aggressive. He's attacking. He's trying to win stages, yeah. which I think is a good segue into those final three kilometers today where we saw Pickcock put a big move in on that um, little riser that you were mentioning. And he probably would have gotten away. I know our head of the HR was super excited about it. She had a little paper on the Pickcock winning. But who chased him down? Wout Van Aert. Yep. Wout Van Aert was, I think, uh, it's easy to sit back and critique what happened in the finish line. Perhaps he was a bit too confident. He was obviously the fastest guy in that group. Still had four guys from Yumbo on the team. But I feel like where he made the biggest mistake, and I'm sitting there watching it 1,500 meters ago, um, I think it was Kelderman or his other teammate uh, went – or, or uh, Tease Benut went back to the front to get the, get it going for the last 1,500 meters. What Wout Venard does, which I'm watching it and I, I sort of start cringing, he gets right on his wheel. Mm. Well, what should have he done? I mean, it's his teammate. Worst case scenario is his teammate gets away and wins the stage. He should not have gotten on that wheel. He should have just let, let him go, jump fourth, fifth, sixth wheel, where he's able to have more control, able to have more visibility on who's going to... It's clear. There, everybody knows that Wout Venard is the fastest guy in that group, so what do they have to do? They have to attack from behind, which is what we saw Victor Lefay do from the last in that group of 25 guys. He came with speed, and it doesn't matter how fast you are, with 12, 1,300 meters to go, Wout Benard, he's not. he can't go at that point because you got Pogacar on your wheel and you got the other guys that if you're leaning it out from that far to go, you're going to get beat. 
Um, so that was, the, in my opinion, the biggest mistake there was getting right on his teammate's wheel with, was still such a long way to go where he could have just easily let him go and let the other guys chase him down. And I think it just reiterates uh, uh, how smart Victor LeFay raced today. Right? Yeah. You, you had Pitcock go while Van Aert chased him down. You had Scalmos go while Van Aert chased him down. And he just waited. And the, there's always that moment in time where there's that lull and you're like, okay, I got to go. Right, you know, he knows he's not going to win the sprint, so exactly. just send it. I mean, it was a very smart race and... Very smart race, nothing to lose. I mean, the best case Zero scenario, he would have gotten lose. top five, top ten. But with that attack, he was able to uh, pull off a dream win. Yeah, that's for sure. And for that team, oof. yeah, massive day for Kofi. Big day. So who else? Uh, you're throwing his uh, Skelmos in for that third podium spot. Who else is still looking good in that arena? Henley's up there. Yeah, Hindley's yeah. still up there. Landa, Look no experience. Landa. Look at Landa. Uh, Nobody's talking about GC Landa. Guy. Yep. Um, we've got the the Yates brothers, both of them. Uh, clearly, huge potential to be on the podium and, and racing like they want to keep the podium. Um, so there's still a massive battle going on for the podium. Gadu, who's been who's fourth place last year, all still together. And uh, none of them showing weaknesses thus far for the top three spots. I've got trivia. Oh, good. Somebody could win a Ventum bike, an NS1, complete mm. NS1. Uh, first, before I give you the question for today, I'm going to ask you guys the one from yesterday. I don't know if you did your homework. I did not. No, I did, I did <laughs> not. I did not. Uh, yesterday's question was, what is the highest mountain pass in this year's tour? Um, can I, can, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I, right can I do it real quick? <laughs> no, that wouldn't be fair. I did not do the homework. Uh, it's I in the French the Alps. Hmm. I'm like, I got it. I'm like, you know, Trebek with this the is, answer in yeah, my hand. This is not cocky. Go. Rest um, in peace. Go for it. No, it was the answer from yesterday was the, uh, I'm probably mispronouncing it, Col de Izeran. Oh, yeah. Izeran. Izeran. 2,770 meters, just over 9,000 feet. Ooh. It's funny, you know, the, they, we, we, um, you know, of course, we're sitting here in, in Aspen. We're, we are right now right around 7,800 feet. Uh, and, and, you know, we, of course, we can go up the pass to 12,000. I think it's 12,400. Um, but the Alps, you know, the, 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 and people think about, or, you know, would, would think you would think about altitude in the tour. You really don't. I mean, you, the exposure to high altitude in the tour is not that much. I mean, most of these stages are uh, at, you know, not that far above sea level, right? Like today. Um, and, and the times that they are up high, it's very rare. I mean, Alpe d'Huez is, what is Alpe d'Huez? I mean, it's probably, it's less than 7,000 feet. It's not, but you're yeah. not there that long, right? You're starting down, mm -hmm. you're starting at 2,000 feet and you're climbing up. Altitude's not, um, is, is not that big of a factor. Mm. And, and let's not forget the, 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 the mountain you just mentioned is in the last week of the Tour de France, and we're seeing how hard these guys are racing already in the first two stages. Um, so everything is still on the table. I mean, they're going to hit the highest points of the Tour de France in the last week of the Tour. Um, it's just incredible how hard they're racing already in the first stages. Today's question, and again, you could win, a uh, obviously, a brand-new Ventum NS1 if you email in your answer. Today's question is, who organized the first Tour de France? Who organized that? So find your answer, email uh, it is in. Is it a person or a company? I mean, it was Lequipe, right? Lequipe, no, Leato. 
Shit, I'm giving away the answer. <laughs> you know what? I've you don't know how to play the game. Back up. Back up. You know, I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Uh, uh, you got more trivia? Or well, questions? just send your answer to trivia at VentumRacing.com, and that gets you registered for the win. Uh, it actually is. A, but you guys should try to answer the question. But if, if you haven't gone back and looked at how we, we um, or how the world came to create this goofy thing called the Tour de France, and, and, and the, the history is fascinating. Yep. It's, 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 I mean, it, if you can go down the rabbit hole uh, on how it got started and who started it and all the, you know, the politics and the drama around it and the, just a little, I mean, look at, we were looking at 1920, they were doing 15, I mean, the original tour was, I think, five or six stages. They went to sort of five or six iconic cities. They were like five, four or 500 kilometer stages. Oof. That's 250 to 300 mile stages. <laughs> Probably didn't have gears. Ugh. And yeah. George, I mean, this guy, George whines all the time. And the, 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 those guys? You guys heard me whine once on the show? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should pull up tomorrow's uh, profile. Okay. First, uh, on paper, should be our sprint day. Um, we still got some undulation, some climbs, category threes, uh, first part of the race, which will indicate there will most likely be a breakaway. Um, I spoke to Cab right before the I was going to say. Yeah, he, mm -hmm. and he said the stage is a lot harder than it looks on paper. Uh, yeah. um, so he mentioned that it's not for sure going to be a sprint. Although I love it, I love to see him get his first crack at breaking the record. And when and you think, he, and when he says that, is it just because the, just still in this part of you know this part yeah, of, just, of the Basque Country? But by, by the way, just uh, uh, maybe a little known fact: the Basque Country is not just in Spain, right? So the as as the riders enter into, and if you've ever been down sort of south of Biarritz, the Basque Country actually leaks into France. So you st and if you've ever been to the Basque Country, you'll notice obviously the language is something that's almost untraceable. I mean, it's, this is, you know, whereas compare and contrast to like Catalonia, you know, you'll, you'll hear some stuff. You're like, that's kind of like Spanish or maybe like French. The Basque language is unlike any other, but it isn't just in Spain. It doesn't stop at the French Spanish border. It leaks into all of that stuff south of Biarritz. So you'll see the special language. You'll see this, but they have special letters. Like mm -hmm. they have these, this fucked up a, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's actually kind of cool looking. It's got these like horns on it. I mean, it's no, I'm. This Carl, Carlin, pull up the uh, pull up the fucked up a. If you can. Yeah, put up just uh, uh, Colton. If you could just Google, he's on there right now. If you Let's could see how Google uh, fucked up Basque, Basque a Basque alphabet, um, uh, and, and you'll. But it, no, it's 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 a real thing. It's it's and anyhow. So as they, but it doesn't. The train is also very complicated. I'm wondering back to your point, George, if that's what Cav was talking about. You know, these are not. You're never going to have roads there that are just straight and, and easy and wide and, and, and let's cruise into a sprint finish. It's no. very undulating. It's very technical. It's, it's, it's and, and he pointed out the, those last climbs in the last, uh, what is it? 50 K that aren't even categorized climbs. He said they're actually quite hard. Um, so there'll be, and a lot of the teams will know that. And what are those, what's going to happen is the, the teams with sprinters that can climb decently, they're going to make it as hard as possible with these climbs to get, get rid of as many sprinters as they can. Yeah personally would love to see Cav win this, get it over with, get the record. But professionally for showbiz, waiting till Champs-Élysées is going to be no, such let's, a, let's not do that. Let's know. <laughs> stage, look, stage, um, what is this here? Stage five and six, are he, those are out. Those are mountain stages. We call them that. Uh, stage seven into Bordeaux. That's a classic sprinter. That's, that's, a, that's an iconic sprint stage. Um, so, uh, but you know what? It would be uh, who knows? 
He looks good. I mean, he looks fit, and, yep. and, and he knows how to stay in front. And has hopefully had relatively uh, two easy, easy, I say that in quotations, uh, Tour de France stages. Yeah. Not, not, no pressure. 20,000 feet in two 20, days. I know, but able to ride at his own pace. We had teammates surrounding him, which I love to see that the team is really going all in for getting him to the finish line. Um, so hopefully he's recovered and ready to go for the next sprint stages. A couple of quick questions. Uh, thanks for writing in to... Uh, uh, the move at we do team Scott writes, if Lance loses a bet in the next few weeks, he should have to wear a polka dot Jersey during the show. And has Lance ever worn the polka dot Jersey in a race hmm. from Scott? Okay. The first part, I don't know, uh, Scott, I don't know. Uh, um, it, uh, it would have to be something, it would be, have to be a serious bet for me to wear a t-shirt that's got, or even a jersey that's got polka dots. I do, I do think I had to wear it, and I, and I stress had to because you know the tour always wants the jerseys uh, present in the race, even if you're not leading the category. I mean, you'll see, like obviously, Pogacar, Bingegaard are the best climbers in the race. If they, you know, had um, they had the lead in the polka dot jersey, but they also had the yellow jersey, and then they're going to kick that down to whoever is second. Um, and there's probably some priority there on how even if. Uh, Pogachar's in the white jersey still, which is to me remarkable that the kid's still a young rider, technically. Right. Um, and then it would kick down. Anyways, they want the jersey there because some sponsor has paid a lot. Um, that's, oh. yeah. Is that in Colton? In Colton? <laughs> yeah. You beat Colton to that? That's, no, he got it. He sent it. Oh, so I, and I do, was that from the, um, Court, that was from the Tour Lavenir. That was from the Tour Lavenir in 19. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. There was a stage which I kind of sort of remember that you were either in the polka dot jersey or the yellow jersey, and you didn't want to wear it to start with it because you got it through a crash. No, that was the yellow. So yellow, when, okay, when, I think they, they I made think you stop and put it on. Zabriskie crashed uh, the the in the TTT and so lost the jersey. And I thought that's you know you don't want to take the yellow jersey because somebody crashed and then um, yeah that didn't go. I think Jean Marie LeBlanc or whoever. We're like, yeah, pull over, son. Yeah. You're, you're, you're putting this on. But. The uh, next question is related. But I think I did wear it in the tour, the polka dot. One, I had to wear it one day in the tour. The, Maybe that was the green one. Head of HR is Googling away over there. Oh, so look it. at this. How? I mean, boy. <laughs> okay, next. This has, <laughs> next question is related to jerseys as well. Uh, it says, hello, we do. Uh, in the case when a rider is leading two jersey categories, and the next highest uh, point getter wears one of the jerseys. Um, does a replacement rider get to keep that jersey for their personal collection? Yes. Nice. Yes. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Aaron, for writing in. Yeah. Uh, if you have a question for an upcoming show, just send it to the move at we do.team. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was quick and easy. That was dirty. Hopefully, quick, we'll, dirty, we'll, easy. Hopefully, we we'll watch history tomorrow. Who knows? Let's keep it it's 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 on paper it's certainly our, the the his first opportunity yep if it's not there then it's bordeaux then he's gonna have to wait a little bit but and you know, jb might get his dream of <laughs> I, i'm i'm not in that camp jb i'd rather i'd rather we get this over with and that would that would be too stressful yeah mm -hmm. um cool all right everybody thanks for tuning in we'll see you tomorrow for stage three <laughs>